0: Before we begin, we would like to acknowledge the Cabragal clan of the Darag Nation, who are the traditional custodians of this land we are meeting on today. We also pay our respects to the elders, both past and present and future of the Darag Nation. And then also being an eldest child, I think I always wanted to be the perfect role model for my sisters. yeah, Because they were younger and I always wanted to protect them from like the family drama and mm. like the negative things that were happening. So then I think I always wanted to show up in a way that's like perfect not perfect but it's like you know strong yeah like not weak and like not cry and like not not experience or show in negative emotions because i don't want them to to feel those emotions as well yeah
1: hi friends welcome to our podcast a seat at our table candid conversations about the creative pursuits of asian australians i'm tracy i'm wendy we
0: We saved saved your seat seat. come Come join join us.
1: us Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, we're in a different location. Yes. Shout out to Liverpool
0: City Library. (laughs) We're in their Create Space. Space? Yeah. Like it's like a recording
1: studio-ish. Like there's like soundproof walls, um, a green screen. So yeah, like if you see us on the video, we look a little bit official. We haven't purchased the studio space because we're not that rich. <laughs> we're just using the
0: free resources from the library. Yeah. Go libraries. I love the library.
1: I've never been to this one. It's actually quite nice. Yeah, it's so, really nice.
0: Any podcasters out there, this space you can just book out if you have a yeah,
1: membership. For free. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in this episode, we're going to talk about perfectionism. Um, we're going to talk about the types and traits of perfectionism, causes of it, and what it means to be perfect in an Asian household and how to overcome and manage perfectionism. I'm really excited about this one because I feel like this is something that I struggle with time to time. And sometimes I feel like it does like prevent me from like, you know, progressing or moving forward. So I'm really keen to chat through this.
0: Yeah. I think a lot of people that we talk to as well, who are similar to us, they struggle with perfectionism and being perfect and being a high achiever as well. And you might not even know that you're struggling with it because some of the signs could be more like subconscious, but yeah, I think it'll be a very interesting topic to see, see if you identify as a, perfectionism, a yeah. perfectionist during yeah. this
1: episode. So let's define what perfectionism is. So perfectionism is the drive to appear, feel, and be perfect. Although society generally views perfectionism as a positive at- attribute, it can also have negative effects. So someone who's a perfectionist has excessively high personal standards and overly critical self-evaluation. So they insist on perfection and except nothing shy of flawlessness. Mm. Um, So what this can manifest in is like criticism of yourself, but also of other people and the attempt to like control people or specific situations.
0: I feel like I can definitely think about people who have really high standards and people have high standards of themselves and other people as well. Like when they make mistakes, they're beating themselves down or they expect others to be at the same level as them.
1: Yeah, Yeah, for sure. I feel like when I was doing, um, the research for this, it was really interesting to understand the delineation between like high achiever versus, mm. um, someone who is a perfectionist. So someone who's a high achiever is they strive for like the best, but then they're willing to accept failure. So that's the key difference. Whereas a perfectionist might find it harder to accept like failure or not achieving their goals mm. or they set like really, really high goals that are unattainable. Right. So, so I guess like a high achiever is more realistic.
0: Yeah. Or healthier. Is it healthier? I don't know, but I feel like they're quite linked. I feel like for me anyways, I feel like I'm a high achiever, but there's probably some level of perfectionism built in that. So it's quite blurry. I feel like the lines. Yeah,
1: for sure. Yeah. So there's like two types, apparently it can be healthy or unhealthy. um, And it depends on like what you're striving for. So researchers call this like adaptive versus Mm. maladaptive perfectionism. So adaptive adaptive is when perfectionism is healthy. So people who do not strive for perfection, but rather excellence, These people are highly conscientious of setting realistic goals and accepting failure when their goals are not achieved. Mm. Whereas someone who's maladaptive sets unrealistic standards. They overreact when they don't reach their goals and they always need to be in control. Yeah. But I feel like it's actually, depending on like what you're doing and the context in which like this is playing out, I feel like I am a perfectionist when it comes to work for example yeah whereas like in a social setting i'm like less of a perfectionist (laughs) you know is it because there's nothing on the line yeah i guess so but the interesting thing i i think is like nowadays do you think that people want to be more perfect like perfect in terms of like social standards and whatnot
0: i don't know i feel like i feel like it's cool not to be perfect now yeah don't you think it's uncool to be perfect
1: like it's like the you know the gen z taking pictures of like Food with blow, no the to... blurry,
0: It's, like, dark
1: and it's <laughs> yeah. blurry. Yes. Yeah. Add some motion to yeah. it. Like, yeah. low-contrast vibes. That's true, though, because yeah.
0: I feel like millennials, maybe it links to hustle culture as well, but, like, there was a gold standard of being a high achiever, doing the most and, like, being perfect. Yeah. Just showing up all the time. But now I feel like there's more emphasis on, like, being yourself, expressing yourself, being a little bit different. I feel like there's more... Um, value put on being different rather than being perfect or being the best
1: yeah yeah i think growing up like specifically for our generation it was all about hustle culture right Mm -hmm. and it's like um setting higher career goals for yourself the idea of like meritocracy so it's like if you strive hard enough you're going to achieve a certain status and be rewarded for that in society and i feel like that is very true for people around our age but then like i look at my younger sister and her friends and they're just like really chill you know going about like self-discovery oh i just think we, i don't know why but we had so much to prove yeah for some
0: reason i feel like our generation just had so much to prove whereas now like nobody cares is yeah. that right i don't know is that true i don't know like, i just feel like there's not much not that there's nothing to prove but that people don't really i feel like there's not a lot of pressure or like put on external validation anymore
1: Mm, yeah yeah I do think for for some people it still rings true though like people who are very I guess intertwined into like social media and expectations that people have of them especially like influencers maybe always needing to appear a certain way Mm. or always needing to I guess like set goals for yourself and achieve them because everyone's kind of like watching your life whereas I feel like people who are less Um, invested in social media they kind of just go about their life as they would yeah and there's no expectation of them to be a certain way Mm. or to hit certain goals I don't know I is COVID a a reason why we're like not really caring as much as well yeah or is it
0: just or are we biased or like is it do we not care as much anymore I wonder if other people care maybe we should put a poll out or something like yeah depending on what age bracket you're in where you're in your life like do you feel the pressure to be a perfectionist yeah, or to or hit has that certain changed? standards, yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. So there's like three types of perfectionism. There's self-oriented perfectionism. So those who attach irrational importance to being perfect hold unrealistic expectations of themselves and are highly critical of themselves. So it's really focused on self. The second type of perfectionism is socially
0: prescribed perfectionism. So those who believe their social circle is excessively demanding and that others judge them harshly, and that they must display perfection to secure approval and avoid rejection.
1: Which is kind of what we were talking about. Yeah, right? pressures yeah. from the people around us. Yeah. yeah. And the very last one is other oriented perfectionism. So those who impose unrealistic standards of other people around them and evaluate others critically. I feel like I relate to that one the least. The least. I thought I thought like- you were say the most. I was like, what? <laughs> 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 Too busy thinking about myself, oh, I- Well, <laughs> that's what I mean. I feel like
0: one thing that a school teacher used to teach me was like, people are thinking more busy thinking about themselves than what you look like. You know what yeah, I mean? About sure. you. So if you're like going to work worried about a pimple on your forehead, like most likely your manager or your workmates are thinking about their pimple on their forehead. <laughs> That is such a good you know example, know I mean? yeah. Like nobody's paying attention to you or like yeah. what you wore or whatnot, but they're, they're thinking about themselves. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. I'm de- I definitely fall into that bucket. Like I'm always like, will people know if I like rewear the same like pair of <laughs> pants in the same week? Like, you know. I
0: think about that during, Z- this is such a tangent, but I think about that during Zoom and Teams calls at work. Because I just put a jumper on. Yeah. And then sometimes I'm like, oh, can I wear the same jumper like two days in a row? I never do that. (laughs) You never wear it two days in a row? Well, I do because I reframe it. And I was like, do I remember what my workmates wore in the team's meeting yesterday? And I do not.
1: Well, I I do. (laughs) (laughs) Okay.
0: (laughs) Maybe I should be changing my jumper. Like I'm not judging people.
1: I just just notice those details. Like I notice if someone's wearing like black jumper one day or like a patagonia jumper the next really day. so
0: do you yeah. notice if they wear the same thing twice on yeah. the zoom call oh okay then yeah. this proves
1: this my, enti- <laughs> this, this, this my entire it's just, it just this comes entire down to thing. like what you care about because i think because i'm so self-conscious of myself oh like projecting I, yeah i take a notice like what it is for other people as well okay. yeah i mean i might wear the same jumper like monday or friday but i'll never go like monday tuesday <laughs> Oops.
0: <laughs> well, someone let me know if they notice if I wear the same thing first.
1: No. Anyway, moving Anyways, on. <laughs> um,
0: so, do you see yourself as a perfectionist, and like to what degree? Any of those types resonate with you?
1: Well, like I said, I think I'm self-oriented, like perfectionism. I think that's the type that I resonate with the most. To be honest, I don't really care what I look like in terms of like a social setting. I think I've cared less as I've grown up. Yeah. Um, and more confident in myself. Mm. Um, but I think I am high achiever rather than a perfectionist but sometimes I do recognise that I display like traits of perfectionism yes. when it comes to very particular tasks or goals so especially if it's related to my career what about like cleaning oh yeah cleaning <laughs> to a certain degree like yeah. having a messy place yeah. really makes me uncomfortable yeah. Um but I don't think that's perfectionism I think that it's just like cleanliness. cleanliness and like living like a decent human being you know <laughs> I I just feel like if I ever want to invite anyone over, my place will be clean enough for them to come over. But um, going back to like perfectionism, I think it's just like I really care about my work and I feel like, for example, if my designs are not up to my expectations, I kind of feel embarrassed or scared to show it to people because I don't think I'm proud of it. And so Mm. I don't think I'm putting my best foot forward. So why put that in front of people?
0: So would you ever put yourself in a position where you would show work that's not perfect to other people?
1: Yeah, I think it's become like, sometimes you have to show works in progress, right? So I've had to learn to kind of like caveat that it's a work in progress. Yeah, I was going to say, do
0: you then, do you disclaim it? It's like, it's yeah, not, not ready like yeah, like it's going to be perfect at the end, but not at the moment. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I
1: don't say that it's perfect at the end. I just yeah. be, I'm really honest with yeah. what I'm going to try and improve mm-hmm. and what I'm not proud of mm-hmm. and what I want feedback on. And I think that's just a skill that I've learned to build over time. Yeah. But when, when I was in uni, I'd work down to the wire to try and get something that I thought was perfect. Yeah. But sometimes done is enough. Yeah. You know, so perfect, it doesn't need to be a thing. But it's taken a lot of time for me to get to that point. Yeah. Yeah. How about you? Um, I feel like I wouldn't
0: describe myself as a perfectionist. I don't think, but I think I have tendencies mm. of perfectionism. Like you, I think I I would definitely say I'm a high achiever. Yeah, that's just been ingrained in me since I was in the womb. <laughs> 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 um, and I feel like I'm kind of driven by the need to achieve and be successful, rather than the need to be perfect. Yeah, I don't know. It's a bit of a slight difference, I guess. Yeah. I'm not trying to be perfect because I know I'm not perfect. And I feel like I'm quite messy. Like, as in, like, my life is a bit messy. Like, I don't really need things to be perfect, but I need things to be successful. Mm. I need things, I need to achieve things. So I think there's a slight difference, but I think that I relate most to the self-oriented perfectionism, because that's kind of, like, driven by myself and, like, the importance of achieving to a high standard. Mm -hmm. And that's the pressure I put on myself. I don't know if they're unrealistic. I don't think they're unrealistic. I don't know. I don't
1: know. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't think, yeah. I don't think you have unrealistic goals because I think when you don't hit something, you have the ability to go, okay, I didn't hit that goal. Yeah. But then like, how can I improve in order for me to get there next time?
0: Yeah. Like I think I move on pretty quickly. Yeah, exactly. Like I bounce I back pretty difference. quickly. I think I am afraid of failure and I am afraid of making mistakes. But when I do get into that position, I move past it pretty quickly. Yeah. Like it doesn't get me down that much because things aren't perfect. Like, I'm kind of more focused on getting things done and achieving goals rather yeah. than having it being perfect. Yeah. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, that leads us nicely into, like, the different traits of perfectionism. There is a lot. Um, so I'm going to try and whip through them. But the first is, like, all or nothing thinking. So a perfectionist will accept nothing less than perfection. Almost perfect is seen as a family. It's like, okay, actually, when I was in high
0: school and I came, like, second place. Oh. <laughs> it's it's a spot spot. okay so maybe there yeah there definitely are traits i'm like oh yeah in
1: high school but i don't think that that's a problem with like us i think it's a problem in the education system the Mm. fact that you are being ranked against your peers and you're kind of like trained to believe that when you get first place that is what is perfect but what if it's like you're second place but you're like literally 0.05 from first place yeah you know <laughs> yeah that's like really sad but, <laughs> but it's also
0: i guess comes down to maybe our parenting as well yeah the pressures that our parents put on us to be the best yeah i don't know we can talk about it a bit we'll talk about it a bit yeah. later but like yeah,
1: yeah. Mm. so the second is being highly critical so perfectionists will hone in on imperfections and have trouble seeing anything else they're more judgmental and hard on themselves and on others when failure does occur yeah i see that in a lot of people yeah mm-hmm. i think i ruminate when like I say something I think I say something stupid in a meeting and then I just think about that constantly yeah that's another thing people probably aren't thinking about what you yeah, say exactly. yeah exactly like people don't even probably remember yeah. but like, I'm like say that? yeah like, why would I say that well like you know when you're in a social setting where you have like a bit of social anxiety and you say something really weird <laughs> and you're just like oh my god what have a little, little essay you say something weird yeah and yeah. then you're like you've got like an internal dialogue just running. I always do that oh was I too loud <laughs> Probably. Probably the answer is probably yes. <laughs> um, the third is being pushed by fear. So perfectionists are motivated by fear of anything less than perfect is unacceptable. So because they fear failure so much, that just motivates them mm. to keep going. It's really hardcore.
0: Yeah. I mean, fear is a big, big emotion that people, I think a lot of people struggle with. Mm, me, myself sure. included.
1: Yeah. The fourth is having unrealistic goals. So I think this is pre- pretty self-explanatory, just setting goals that are out of reach. And fifth is focusing only on results. So perfectionists see the goal and nothing else. They're so concerned with hitting the goal and avoiding failure that they can't enjoy the process of growing and striving. Oh yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. yeah. I think that's a really good one because sometimes, you know, when you get to a goal and you're just like, oh, was that, is that it? <laughs> like it's, yeah. you, you feel really deflated. You're like, oh, it's not as exciting as I thought it might be. Mm, and it's like, what's next? Yeah. yeah. So you keep trying to like strive for more and more and more. Rather than focusing like, on the
0: moment and focusing on what's present.
1: Yeah. Right? Or like what how much you've achieved even through the journey of trying True. to get to your goal. Maybe because like it's like when
0: you set a goal and maybe you don't achieve it and you think you've failed, but then if you reflect on like the process and what you've learned, you probably have progressed from yeah. where you were, but you just didn't achieve that goal that you put on.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's about the journey, not about the destination.
0: Although sometimes it is about this. <laughs>
1: Don't ruin my moment. Yes, yes, I agree.
0: It's the journey, not the destination, but sometimes destination matters. (laughs) Like, I would love to be rich. (laughs) Okay, so the next kind of set of traits are feeling depressed by unmet goals. So, perfectionists tend to beat themselves up and wallow in negative feelings when their high expectations go unmet. So, they struggle to move on when things don't work out the way they hoped for. So, I think these are like kind of people beating themselves down when they don't meet specific goals.
1: Yeah. And taking like a long time to get over it. Mm. For me, I'm just always like, okay, I'm going to give myself today to be sad. <laughs> and then tomorrow I'm a different person. I'm, yeah. New day, new me. Well, at least you have that healthy mindset. Yeah, so you exactly.
0: You through out of that. Yeah. Um, the next one is fear of failure. So perf- perfectionists have a greater fear of failure than high achievers. Because they place so much stock in results and become disappointed by anything less than perfection, failure becomes a scary prospect. Next, procrastination perfectionists will sometimes worry so much about doing something imperfectly that they become immobilized and fail to do anything at all. I know people like that. They're yeah. like perfectionists and they just don't start because they, they're they scared of it being imperfect.
1: Mm. Yeah. I think I faced this in uni, actually. I didn't want to start a brief because I was like, I just need to find the perfect solution yeah. or the perfect answer to this and have like a complete plan. And then I would always start my assignments last minute mm. and obviously end up with something that was only like 60% good. Yeah,
0: I think yeah. you just have to accept that there's like a brainstorming phrase. You just have to put pen to paper and like iterate, iterate, like you will yeah. have bad ideas until you come with the best one. But yeah. Yeah. Um, so the next one is defensiveness because a less than perfect performance is so painful and scary to perfectionists. They will often respond defensively to constructive criticism. And then the last one is low self-esteem. Although striving for perfectionism is associated with high self-esteem, when someone with a perfectionist personality evaluates them critically, this contributes to a low self-esteem
1: instead. That's really interesting because I would have I thought that people who are perfectionists are like quite confident in themselves and what they want to achieve. I feel like maybe they're
0: more, more fragile. Not f- I don't know if fragile is the right word, but like if people snowflake. criticize. <laughs> <What> does <laughs>
1: like like? A, a snowflake mentality? What's that? Like you're very like easily offended, oh, you're yeah, like sensitive, although yeah. it's okay to be sensitive, sorry, guys. <laughs> um, I think it's also just reflecting on my own perfectionist traits. I think it's like having a hard time to believe that you're actually doing something good or doing something decently mm. because you don't feel like you've hit a hundred percent of it, so you try and you only focus on like the bad things or what you're not doing well. And therefore you have low self esteem That's true. as a result. Also you can never
0: be perfect. Right. So the struggle is that perfectionists will never be able to achieve the goals they put out because you can never be perfect.
1: Yeah. And then it becomes like a negative cycle that you can't get out of. Yeah. Yeah. But I feel like to a certain degree, like I actually identify with a lot of these traits, like there is a lot there, but I think I wouldn't say that these kind of show up in my life in the extremes that were described but it's more so like just resonating with things like the all or nothing thinking like i always want to give 110 percent or i'm never going to be satisfied yeah. or i'm going to be like disappointed in myself for not giving 100 yeah. but i think it's like there are some things that happen in your life and then maybe you can only give 60 you know so that's totally fine um but easier said than done for sure i also am very like highly critical of myself yeah. I recently had, like, a retrospective of work at work um, about me and, like, my colleagues were giving me feedback and stuff. And I was just, like, having a hard time believing some of the things that they were, like, complimenting me on because I always thought that those were things that I could improve on. Yeah. And it's just a result of me being, like, really, really critical of myself and setting standards for myself that other people don't actually expect. Yes. Yeah. So it was just really interesting going through that process. Yeah, oftentimes the standards you set for yourself are much higher than what other people expect from you. Yeah, yeah. yeah for sure. Hmm. Um, and I think the last one that I actually identify with is like feeling depressed by unmet goals. So when I don't achieve something, I ruminate about it. But I give myself a time frame to ruminate about <laughs> it. But I do think through like, what could I have done better? You know, what could I have said to improve on like that presentation, for example? But I think previously it would normally lead to like negative cycles of thinking and then I just like can't get over it for like yeah. a whole Does week. it
0: like affect you in terms of you can't do anything else until yeah, you get over it? Yeah. I think
1: it's like, an example would be like if I didn't do well in a volleyball game, for example, I'll go home and I kind of like mope about it. And I don't really want to do any like housework, for example. And I'm just like, I just want to be a couch like, potato. I'm depressed. Yeah. I just want to like, you know, sit in my emotions and be sad. Yeah. But then I kind of give myself like, it's just today. And then tomorrow, new day, let's work on improving. Mm-hmm. So I think it's taken time though to develop that. I don't think it's like, it's easy to just tell yourself to do that. It's just become a habit for myself or like a way to manage. Yeah. Yeah. How about you? Do you identify with any of these traits?
0: Yeah, I think so. I think although I obviously said that I don't, I wouldn't outright call myself a perfectionist, like I definitely relate to a lot of these traits. I think the main, more so tendencies, I don't think they're maladaptive or anything, but I do kind of notice these traits. I think two, one is being highly critical. So similar to you, I think I put a lot of kind of expectation or pressure on me to do well. And I think being highly critical of myself, it means I'm just more self-aware or about my weaknesses. Mm. So I'm more critical about the things that I'm not good at rather than the things I'm good at. Like I, yeah, most of the time I'm kind of like, oh, that was that was so bad. Like I did so bad because of XYZ, but I don't really see the good stuff mm. that I've done in whatever task it is as well. So I think definitely being highly critical and like I think it leads me to thinking about like the worst outcomes, which is probably why it leads to me being anxious about things as well, because I'm constantly anticipating the worst outcome if I have to perform in a certain in anywhere I'm kind of like oh my god I'm gonna do this that like this is gonna go wrong all the things that could go wrong and then that leads to me being in a little anxious cycle about it so I definitely relate to that um and then I think the second one that I relate to a lot is the fear of failure or being pushed by fear I think now these days not so much but I definitely related to it like in the last three years or so I think I've noticed that I'm driven by fear of not making mistakes and not failing. Mm. I'm like already cringing before I try something (laughs) because I don't want to fail. Or I don't want to be seen as lesser than. I don't want others to perceive me as like inadequate or not good enough.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think like actually an observation is I feel like we are more, um, we tend to try and be more perfect when it's, when we're exploring something that's new to us, yeah. So when you're trying to build a new skill, or you you're going to a new workplace, or you're going to a new industry, and you're kind of like are a lot more self conscious about you, your performance, like what you're achieving, because you're really conscious that it's a new space, and you have got to impress people yeah, as I well. Why though? Yeah, I feel that in like sports, for example, when you're learning a new sport, and it's like, or you're learning a new skill, and you're like, oh my god, I don't want to be. Bad. bad yeah <laughs> I actually face this with pottery as well yeah. like I started like what three four months ago yeah. and when I started like I was really afraid to make mistakes but then now I'm kind of like when I don't have a good throwing day for example I don't make the pieces that I'm happy with like just accepting that yeah. that's that because I can always make a new piece yeah you know so I think it's like you're just more conscious of it when you're learning something new or when you're in a new environment
0: yeah I agree when I'm uncomfortable then I kind of default to that set the critical thinking but it's more so also like in group settings, when I'm being compared to other people as well, like I give volleyball as an example. When we first started, I was just like more motivated by fear of like, oh God, the ball's coming to me. I'm going to shank the ball or like <laughs> I'm not going to yep. be able to pass this ball. I'm yeah. going to affect the rest of the team. They're going to think I'm shit. I'm going to be the worst player on the team. I don't want to be the worst player on the team. Like this cycle of like yeah. bad, really bad thinking was in my head at the very beginning of volleyball. And I think it's because also I'm like, personally, I don't think I'm naturally gifted in anything. So I feel like I need to work a lot harder because I'm not naturally gifted in things, but then that pushes me to be scared of failing.
1: If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. No, for
0: sure. Yeah. I feel like
1: that makes, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah.
0: But then I think like over the years I've learned to, especially two years ago or last year, whenever we talked about it, but I really learned to reframe that thinking and, you know learn without fearing i said that i think i said that mm. in one of our previous episodes that like that's a mentality that i've tried to adopt is like learning without fearing like what's the worst that can happen and really focusing on the process and getting better rather than the outcome yeah for example like when you go into a volleyball game i'm not trying to like it would be great to get the win right it would be great to win but I don't want to put the pressure on our team and us to go, let's go in for the win. Yeah. It's more so let's go in, have fun, play our best let's hustle, like focusing on the process
1: yeah. and getting
0: better and having fun. And then hopefully that will lead to the outcome of winning yeah. rather than putting the pressure of Let's go in and win. It doesn't really help.
1: Mm, yeah. Yeah. I think the same can be said about like a lot of different circumstances, so, like work, for example, like I always just try and focus on like, what are we trying to achieve today mm. and how are we going to get there? And then, how does this contribute to the big goal? And it's like, if we don't hit our goal by the end of the day, it's like, okay, how do we fit this into like tomorrow? Yeah. Because then I also feel like you aren't um, able to pivot or like adapt to the situation when you just have this big goal looming over your oh, head. Oh, yeah. I have a
0: previous workmate yeah. who like, I definitely think I would describe them as a perfectionist. Mm-hmm. And like when things didn't go the way they wanted it to go, they would be really, really stressed and wouldn't know what to do.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I definitely see that. Yeah, it's a lot more unproductive, right? Yeah. Yeah. I was really curious to understand like what causes perfectionism and there's a couple of things. There's things like fear of judgment and disapproval from others, which we have kind of talked about. Um, There's like having a mental health condition associated with perfectionist tendencies such as like OCD. Also like poor self-esteem, feelings of inadequacy, needing to control the situation, tying your self-worth to achievements. But the one that I found really interesting was like early childhood expectations. So having parents with unrealistically high expectations. And the example I was thinking about was like tiger parents Mm -hmm. in like Asian households. I feel like my parents weren't tiger parents, but I feel like there was an expectation to achieve a certain like level, um, whether that was like schooling or just like you as a human being, how you should present yourself in the outside world. Do you have any like tendencies that you picked up because of like your parent? expectations or your household expectations
0: yeah I think so I think kind of reflecting on this whole episode like thinking about why am I a high achiever like why do I have these perfectionist tendencies and I when I think about and I really dive deep into it I think it comes down from parenting parenting and childhood upbringing yeah I think it's just being in a Asian household of migrant parents or to me being the eldest child I feel like even though they've never explicitly put the pressure on me to be perfect or high achieved, like they would never tiger parents. They're always like, just do what makes you happy. But subconsciously, they were rewarding me on achieving things. You know what I mean? Mm. Like as a child, it's like validating me when I came first in something. Yeah. Like bragging about me to other parents when I did something really well. So yeah. subconsciously, they built those behaviors in me to work hard and like make them proud or impress yeah. people I think
1: yeah. yeah that's a really great reflection because I was thinking is me like my situation is I'm the third child mm. out of all my sisters right and I think there's a lot of expectation on my elder sister to perform because she set the standard for all of us yeah. I think and she's no doubt the highest achiever the smartest and like the person that my parents like praise all the time And I feel like as a third child, I was like, I could take the back seat a little bit and I could chill out. My parents didn't expect much of me, (laughs) um, but I still try and tried to achieve the best because I looked at my sisters and just how they were getting rewarded for being, like, you know, getting first in something. Or like my second sister did so much extracurricular stuff, is particularly in sports. And every time like she got like a trophy, like if you go to my parents' house, like the entire trophy cabinet is just all like my sister's um, sporting achievements. Um, I don't have anything in there.
0: (laughs) But did you you like feel the need to be good or like achieve because you wanted your parents' validation?
1: Kind of. As a third child, I was like, I feel like I'm a little bit like forgotten, Mm -hmm. you know, or it wasn't an issue growing up. Like I never felt like I'm like the ugly duckling on the family (laughs) type vibe. But it was more so like because I saw how my parents rewarded my sisters, I was like, I want some of that validation. Mm. So I'm going to try and – achieve as much as I can. And I think it was a lot of self-imposed expectations, but it was because of the environment that I was brought up in, you know? And I think like, my parents have never really praised me on anything. Like I think with my eldest sister, it's like, she's so hands-on, she can do everything for us. She's like the voice of reason. And my second sister was like, she's fearless. She can do anything. She's like doing sports, doing like her beauty channel or whatever on Instagram. And for me, I'm kind of like, just like an ordinary, child i feel but it's also because i don't tell my parents what i'm doing like they don't even know i do this podcast for example you know and it's because i don't feel like i need to get validation from them anymore but i think growing up just seeing how they rewarded my sisters for things like good grades i was like i feel like i need to reach that standard as well
0: i think it's because they don't validate us on anything except the outcome of things yeah you know what i mean like it's like i going growing up i don't think we would ever have like we never got rewarded for working hard. Yeah, it was we re- being rewarded for coming first or getting a hundred percent or getting A's. Is, yeah, was it A's? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah,
1: yeah. Like, I have viv- very vivid memory of a very vivid memory of me coming home from school. It was like year eight, and I think it was like the math test to get into like the very first uh, math class for yeah. year nine, and I got like eighty percent or something, and I like cried, and then my my mom or my dad was just like, why are you crying? And I was just like, I showed them the test. I just have a memory of this. And I was just like, they never expected me to get 100%, mm-hmm. but I was really like kind of embarrassed that I got like such a shit mark. Yeah. And it was just like reflecting on that. Now I think it was just expectations of myself.
0: Yeah. But also like just thinking about it, I feel like we've, I've cried over an 80% before, but it's just, like, so silly. It's, like, 80% (laughs) in hindsight is not bad. But I think being in the environment we were in, where everybody around us were also high achievers and also beating themselves up because they got an 80%, it's just what you learn.
1: Yeah, yeah. That anything
0: under, like, 90 is
1: bad. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But other than that, I don't think my parents were ever, like, you need to be perfect or you need to study hard. You can't get a job because... You need to just focus on your studies like none of that. I'm so glad I didn't grow up like that because I've seen other people who've grown up in those types of households. And I think it just leads to like really unrealistic expectations of themselves as they grow up and grow older.
0: Yeah, I do feel like people who have tiger parents, I don't know if it's true, but do they rebel more because it's more overt, like more rules have been put on them. But then people like us who didn't have overt tiger parents, it's more subconscious. I feel like we still get that pressure put on us, but it's just not open like it's still kind yeah. of like we're still being affected by the same way
1: yeah kind of and we're like we've kind of continued this journey of like still trying to achieve as much as we can yeah but I do think like yeah from I, I know some people from high school who like was just so focused on studies and then they came out of high school and they like kind of had like their party phase and it was like a really intense party phase and I just wonder if it's because like they were so sheltered or there were so many rules yeah. placed around them that now they just want to kind of like break free yeah you know? yeah I don't know. It's a, it's an interesting one. And I feel like we're in lucky we didn't have tiger parents. Cause I think we've just continued this trajectory of like still being high achievers, but not unrealistic.
0: Yeah. It? Like we were still able to do what we wanted. Yeah. <laughs> we just had the pressure of, I guess, being the best or like yeah. being high achieving, you know, achieving excellence, I guess is yeah. a big thing.
1: Yeah. I was trying to like find like articles to justify like what does perfectionism look like in an Asian household it's actually really hard to find stuff. So I, I guess we can only speak from personal experiences. But I did find like one blog from a psychologist from New York. Her name is Dr. Snehal Kumar. And she kind of listed a couple of reasons that I actually really, really resonated with. So the first is like, our families may couple their high expectations with criticism or punishment. So as a result, we may have begun to associate our worth with our accomplishments and our mistakes with immense loss and pain. The second was like to... Uh, being taught to be attentive to the family or community in a way that seems to exclude or minimize your individual perspective. So as a result, we may feel more disconnected from our own experiences and focus excessively on what others expect. The very real panic inducing, like what will people say phrase in the South Asian community is a great example of this.
0: So next one is kind of being perfect as a way to kind of cope with the potential discrimination or biases that people might put on us outside or within our community so you know being the perfect Asian Australian you know being having the perfect body having the perfect skin color and things like that I think being perfect is a way to defend ourselves from those stereotypes as well
1: Mm, yeah and like you know Asian people really put a lot of emphasis on like physical appearance yeah like light skin like being tall and skinny yeah all that kind of stuff and I've like been on the receiving end of that like you know when you meet family friends on the street and they're like oh, my God, you're so tall, you're so skinny, you're so like Well, it's like, oh, so my God, pretty. you put on weight, And it's like, oh, you yeah. lost too much weight. And yeah. it's like, you're too skinny. It's like, oh, my God. So it's just like being perfect is a way to, like, avoid yeah. that level of discrimination. That's and I, true. Yeah. yeah. So people
0: don't yeah. focus on Crit- those cri- things. Cri- Criticize you yeah. because yeah. you're perfect. Yeah. yeah. Um. The next one is the desire to respect the sacrifices that have been made. So sometimes there might be a deep dis- dis- desire or guilt to make our parents' sacrifices worth it. So as a result, there's a desire to achieve as much as possible, but in a way that makes us discount our needs, history, personality, and quantity. So maybe we're working really, really hard. Why? Just because we want to make our parents proud and make their mm. sacrifices worth worth
1: it. Yeah, and you don't really think about like what you need. Yeah, out what of you this want situation. out of it. It's like why am yeah. I?
0: Like why does it matter to me that I come first in maths?
1: Yeah, this one like spoke out to me the most. I think out of this list, I think what it stems from is like. My parents, some time to time, have said like, "You don't know how much I've sacrificed mm. to come to this country," like, or just using their past as like ammo to kind of guilt trip you a little bit. Especially like when I was a kid and I was like teenage angst, rebelling, and all that kind of stuff. That speaks to this, yeah. A lot. Well, we go through struggles too. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. there's like, have, have a different of struggles, have. struggles <laughs> too.
0: Like I know you went through a lot of hardship, but so do. People, our generation, they're yeah. different. Obviously, there will never, ever be the hardships that our parents went through physically. Yeah. But there's still stuff that other, like we, our, you know, our children will go through, we all go through, but it's just different. Yeah. yeah.
1: And I think there's now, because we're in our late 20s, there's a level of maturity yeah. that we have and understanding of ourselves. And I think I feel more comfortable trying to make my parents understand, like, the struggles that I face mm. that they may not understand yeah. as well. So... I think it's like growing up, you kind of like go head to head with your parents a lot because you don't understand where they're coming from. They don't understand. You feel so misunderstood as a child, but I think now I'm at a point where I can help my parents understand. Yeah. Yeah. And the last kind
0: of reason is it's could be a learned pattern of motivation through fear. So many families, um, might be zero to three generations away from living through a traumatic experience that forced a fear based, or can't afford to make any mistakes approach in life. So many family members may not have learned how to motivate using joy and empathy because I guess they were driven by fear. Um, Mm. As a result, we may have been given the only tools that our families understood as effective in helping with motivation and survival. Wow. That's pretty deep. Yeah. Cause I guess our parents never knew what it was like to be motivated by joy. And empathy because they were driven by fear. They literally lived in war-torn countries. Yeah. And it's like physical fear for their survival. Yeah. So I guess the tools that they passed on could potentially be as a result of that.
1: Yeah, for sure. It's like I think about my parents and having to come here with, like, two kids. I wasn't born at the time and trying to set up a family here with nothing. Mm -hmm. Absolutely nothing. No family. No, like, I guess, knowledge of what this world is like. And like, we've been on exchange. Like, setting up in a new country is freaking scary, right? So, you can only imagine like their mindset was just so focused on I just need to survive. I just need to provide. And like, making
0: mistakes were actually costly. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's why they couldn't afford to make mistakes because it could actually cost their lives. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I feel like my mom now is just like, you know, like, I don't worry about the things that I used to worry about anymore. Like, I'm older now and I've lived here for so long and all of you are grown up now. So, I think there's like, feels like there's less at stake for her. And Mm -hmm. I feel like she tries to find the joy in the little things as well. Oh, that's awesome. So it's nice to see, like, the change in her mindset. But I think um, growing up, like...
0: Like not survival mentality. Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: So after kind of reflecting on these potential reasons for why, you know, in an Asian household, we might be more pressured to be perfect. Do you feel like, you know, there was any specific pressure that was put on you to be perfect, the perfect child in your household? I don't know. We talked about it before, but anything you want to build on that?
1: So I think other than the things that I've said, I, there's something that I think I still struggle with today. And I have a really recent example to, to showcase this, but I think I still fear like making mistakes and admitting those mistakes to my parents, because I'm just afraid of like how they'll criticize me. I always just think the worst, like, I think, um, an example is like recently, maybe like a few months ago, like I got into like a minor car crash, right. And it was my fault. Um, and my parents were overseas and I was driving their car. So the fact that like I think the first my initial reaction was like, how can I resolve this without them knowing? Yeah. So like is it taking the car to the mechanic <laughs> and getting it fixed? But it was like too expensive rather than going through insurance, you know? Um, but then I called them up and then maybe it's because they're on holiday in a good mood. Holiday but, mode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the best time to crash the car. Yeah. But I was like, I showed them the photos and I was like, explain the situation and then like they were really understanding. Wow. They were just like, this is why we have insurance. And like my first thought was just like, oh my God, the premiums are going to go up. Like how, like it's just money at the end of the day. And it's like, the thing that you would normally focus on is like, is everyone okay? I guess like what I learned from that is just, I just didn't want to burden them. And I felt like what I did was going to set them back like a lot, but then they were surprisingly really understanding. And I think, yeah, I think that was like a scenario where I was like, oh wow, they're actually not as critical of me as I thought. How about for you?
0: Um, I always learned that hard work is all you need to achieve things.
1: mm.
0: Like you don't have to have a gift. You don't have to be skilled. You don't have to be talented. As long as you work really hard, you can get what you want. Yeah. So I think that behavior was also built into me that I just learned to really, really work hard to get the things I want to, which is kind of contributed to me being more of a high achiever, less of a perfect child. But like, I think it's like the perfect storm to like create a perfect child, if that makes sense. Because you're forcing them to like, not forcing them, but like you're driving, making them work really hard. Then you're praising them when they do achieve things. So that's all they really know as a child. And then also being an eldest child, I think I always wanted to be the perfect role model for my sisters. Yeah. Because they were younger and I always wanted to protect them from like the family drama and Mm. like the the negative things that were happening. So then I think I always wanted to show up in a way that's like Perfect, not perfect, but it's like you know, strong, yeah. And like not weak, and like not cry, and like not not experience or show in negative emotions because I don't want them to, to feel those emotions as well. Yeah.
1: Mm, that's really interesting because, like, you know, when you you're crying, yeah. you're like full sobbing, and your like shoulders are shaking, and your parents are like don't cry, stop crying. <laughs> I've never cried in front of my parents. Really? Oh, I, I think remember. I'm embarrassed to cry now. You sure. know, I have. One, two, I've cried in front of my mom one, two, one, two, like twice. two years ago when I went through like my breakup and. That was like really crazy because I was just like, I think that was the moment where my mom and I had a heart to heart, and I was just like, wow, like showing emotion, this is really weird, but it's like I couldn't hide it, mm-hmm. you know. But most of the time, you try and hide it from your family because, like, gro- growing up, you've you've been told like, don't cry; yeah. it's a sign of weakness, yeah. you know. Um, or they let you have your cry, and they're like, okay, now stop, <laughs> <laughs> you know. So I feel like people that I know who are also like Asian Australians, growing up in an Asian mm-hmm. household, are all like afraid to show emotion or like they see it as a sign of weakness. Yeah. I guess we never it's learned
0: because our parents don't really show emotions. I never see my parents crying in front of me.
1: Yeah. So the last little section that I thought would be good to talk about is like how to overcome and manage perfectionism. I recognize that we have kind of talked to our own, um, I guess, like methods of overcoming it. But um, I came across a Harvard Business Review like article, which I thought was really good. Um, which summarizes like how we can manage our perfectionism.
0: So the first one is see the big picture. Shift your mindset to focus on what's important and maximize the impact of your work. Recognize that just getting it done is a decent goal. You're going to be less perfect about some things so you can concentrate on what's important. So that's kind of what we talked about, you know, getting it done. Next one is adjust your
1: standards. Recalibrate your standards by showing your work to someone else to assess if it's good enough. Mm, that's really important because it's like the power of showing work in progress mm-hmm. and getting like rolling feedback. That's something that I really believe in in my work.
0: Yeah. Next, create a checklist. This will help you follow a process with discrete and measurable goals. And once the list is complete, it's an indicator to say you're done. Rather than working and working and working and working, working and trying to make something perfect, just you know. Yeah. No, Sometimes I know feel when it's done. Cycle. Yeah. Know
1: when it's done. Yeah. So the next one is um, a little bit longer, but it's about breaking the cycle of rumination. So some things you can do is identify your triggers. So when you're ruminating, make note of where you are, the time of day, who's around you, so you can find consistent patterns and control and stay clear of them. Um, the next one is don't trust your first reaction. So give yourself time and distance before taking action. You could be blowing it out of proportion if you don't, and you could be acting impulsive as well, I think. I think this is something that I actually really struggle with. I always want to get shit done, like, now Mm. but sometimes taking time and thinking about the situation is um provides more positive like benefits than um just getting it done straight away the next is seeking a diversion by doing something cognitively absorbing so 10 minutes on mundane tasks may break the chain i sometimes do this with like housework when i feel like stuck on a design problem and actually really really helps yeah yeah because i'm not like going down this like spiral of negative thinking Yeah. yeah Um, and the last one is to think positive. So reflect on times in your past where you've been successful. You'll be able to see that you've achieved a meaningful outcome despite not being 100% certain of success in advance. And this will help you learn from past experiences.
0: Yeah, I, I like that. I think uh, to build on that, I think it'd be good to like also compliment other people on what they've done well. I think it really helps people get out of their rut as well. Other people who are like beating themselves up. Yeah. I always try to compliment and like validate that they've done really well
1: as well. Yeah. Or just say like you've come such a far away mm. from where you started. Like, you know, remember when you used to have this problem and now Trust it's like, so, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, the next is to get perspective. So talk to someone about your tendencies and be open and honest. I think that's really helpful for people like picking out like things that you think might be flaws are actually like good things and vice versa as well. And lastly, monitor your tell you progress. Reflect on moments where you avoided tasks due to fear of mistakes instances where perfectionism was not worth it. And any times you took action, even when things felt uncertain, but ended up moving things forward. Mm. Well, I hope those um, little tips were helpful. Cause I think I exercise some of this in my day to day and it's really, really helped, especially around like rumination. Mm. Yeah. And giving myself that kind of time to ruminate and then like get over it. I think like setting those boundaries for yourself is really, really important. Yeah. Yeah. So onto dinner table questions. What is the last thing you took a picture of, Tracy? Um, I need to check. I know what I took a picture you of. You do? Yeah. It was a picture of Tracy sitting in Liverpool <laughs> the Library Recording Room. Because well, last... I just wanted to commemorate like this setup that we have.
0: My last picture. Can anyone see? It's a picture of uh, a random selfie of me and some friends at the train station after my birthday dinner. And it's like from- A, a, silly, a silly front camera yeah selfie and it's like from down below from down below chins yeah okay well, we'll just put it up <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right what is your favorite slash least favorite house chore
1: my favorite house chore is um <laughs> does anyone have one i do i like doing laundry i like washing laundry but yeah. i hate taking it down i don't like folding mm. i think mine is i um, vacuuming and mopping the floor because i feel so clean after. i do like vacuuming yeah yeah Yeah. And my least favorite would be, yeah, like folding clothes. That and washing dishes, bloody hell. Oh, yeah. Washing dishes suck. Yeah.
0: Yeah. My favorite would be laundry. I don't mind laundry because it's like so peaceful. Mm. I don't know. I don't like, uh, my least favorite is, I don't mind washing dishes. I don't like washing other people's dishes. If we're at a party. Like, you don't know if you're throwing a party and there's heaps of dishes to wash. I don't like that. But I would say my least favorite is, like, I don't like wiping tables.
1: Really? Yeah. I feel so, so sad. Like, after eating, them. I don't
0: like wiping crumbs and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. I don't know why. Maybe it's a professionism thing, but you can never get all the dust off the table. Yeah. Or, you know, I just, I don't like it.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. What is an iconic show from your childhood? Arthur. Oh, yes. Walking down the street. <laughs> me. Yeah.
0: I love Arthur. Arthur's my favorite.
1: All time, I still feel like it's show. iconic now. It's iconic with the meme, with the fist. Yeah, B yeah. W, <laughs> <laughs> so annoying. <Yeah. laughs> um, mine would be Power Rangers. Really, I never watched Power Rangers. God, I loved Power mm. Rangers. Do you and have mom would, my parents would like record it on like videotapes, oh, wow. and we would like rewatch it. Yeah. Do you have a favorite Power Ranger? Probably like the pink power ranger because it was a girl. Mm. Yeah. Relatable. You know. Relatable. Icon. Icon. Role model. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, that's a good note to end the episode. Yeah. As always, um, it would be amazing if you could leave us a review. Give us five stars on Spotify. And if you have any feedback, it's always really helpful for us to kind of understand or gauge like are the things we're talking about relatable. So DM us. You can even use like the Spotify Q&A. Yes, you can. If you like, yeah. If you like the show, just know. Yeah. Thank you. Anyways, until next time.
0: Bye. Bye.